This is the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Your one stop for information on Disney races, Disney vacations, Disney theme parks, and more. Now, here are your hosts for the Mickey Miles and More podcast. Michelle Scribner-McLean, Chris Eliopoulos, and Mike Scopa. Welcome home, Milers, and welcome back to another episode of Mickey Miles and More, a podcast where three friends talk about the Disney parks, the Disney races, and whatever else comes up. I'm Chris Eliopoulos, and with me, as always, is Dr. Michelle Scribner-McLean. Michelle, happy spring. Happy spring, Chris, and I want to thank you again, slash, uh, be angry with you for introducing me to Gooder Sunglasses. Did you see what they're (laughs) offering today? They have a limited supply. Oh, of no. Sesame Street Gooder sunglasses. Oh, didn't see that. Oh, yes, yeah. Spending yes, more money I after know, the show. I know. I love those sunglasses. I, I can't have enough of them. I bought Mike some too. But uh, before you introduce our other lovely co-hosts, I wanted to give a shout out to, uh, again, on Monday, I'll be volunteering for the Boston Marathon. So all Oot. the Boston Marathon runners and volunteers, and especially the Boston Marathon dog. Did you know there's a Boston Marathon dog? No. His name is Spencer, and hmm. he is uh, located at the, I think, the Park Plaza Hotel. He's got a got a little uh-huh. um, doghouse there, and the runners can come up and say hello to him. So I'll be right oh, right near Spencer. So, yeah. All right, I'll be looking for the dogs. Mm-hmm. All right. So also with us is the Dean of Disney, Mr. Mike Scopa. Mike. Hello, everybody, and uh, happy Easter or whatever. And I know this is a non-denominational show, but, <laughs> but I'd say that I also want to commend... Uh, Michelle on the uh, volunteer effort she's going to put forth for the Boston Marathon. It's uh, it's it pales in comparison to the volunteer work that people would do down in uh, Walt Disney World or Disneyland for the races. Uh, it's a long day for Michelle, and I think it's uh, she deserves a lot of credit for it. So thank you, Michelle. Oh, me and about like. 50,000 other volunteers. All the volunteers. There a lot of our yeah, yeah. former. I appreciated it when I ran. It's, it is a long yeah. day. And we'll they will be leaving be, uh, Nashua at 6.15 a.m. There will be some, <laughs> there will be some Mickey Milers and some uh, Team Allias people there. So uh, thank you, everybody. And good luck to the runners. Have a good day. I hope the weather is good. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So today's show, we're going to do, it's going to be in three parts. So we're going to do three shows uh, on this subject. And earlier this week, uh, Michelle had a wonderful idea because all we've been doing is complaining about the Disney parks and what's going on lately, um, especially with Bob Chapek. Darn it, I just now gave myself some work to do in, in sound editing. Um, so, Michelle, why don't you tell me what started and what made you go down this road to what we're going to talk about today? Sure, Bob Chapek. Um, so... <laughs> So it started off with um, browsing around Facebook. I came upon, oh, thank you, Alexa. I came upon a Facebook post from somebody who is, just could have been one of us who, who mentioned how upset they were with their, uh, it was a Disney running experience that they were talking about, how much money they spent. And I started to think about the three of us complaining and being upset. And I thought, what if we sort of, um, a lot of times with my students, I'll do like case studies, pretend this is happening, what would you do? What if we took this whole situation and made it sort of like a pretend case study? So, So here's the situation, you ready you guys? So Disney has been reading all these social media prompts, getting letters, comments from people, and they have decided now it's time to roll up their sleeves and do something. So they have approached the three of us as experts 
in um, ways to make the magic at Walt Disney World because we have experienced the magic many times at Walt Disney World. So they have appointed us with their magic uh, fairy godmother wands. We're the magic squad. And so our job is to look at the way that Disney parks are run holistically and then maybe we can dig down from park to park to park to see what are the little things that we could change to make it magical and why would we make those changes so we're trying not to complain so much as to say we're, we're big bucks consultants here uh, we want to do all the work to make it the way first that time, it was so so we can enjoy it in our families and everybody else can first how much are we getting paid for this job like you know as consultants usually i get paid per diem and i get uh you know per per day rate so well, this is that, you know, I actually was thinking about this today. It is we're Disney, going, so we're, we're probably going to get 10 bucks. We're going to, no, we're going to get a magical lightning lane pass that we can use for one Ever. year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's, now, that, for one year, I'll let you, I'll let you negotiate. I'm one sorry. One year would work it for me. I, I get paid for my work. I don't get freebies. <laughs> um, so, Mike, what we're going to do is, I think, on this first show is sort of do a, a mission statement and ideas in general, right? Yeah, and, and I think in order to make sure that everybody is on board and, and on the same page as the three of us, we have to realize that the big challenge here is to come up with thoughts, ideas that are that, that represent a win-win situation for not just the resort, but for the guests, and not just for the guests, but the resort as well. So there are going to be some things that seem... Um, like sort of a, a little bit of a more of a win for the resort than the guests in, in other words. But I think in the long run, the objective here is to figure out how we can make everybody feel good. Like we felt five, six, seven, eight, 28 years ago. So I, I think that's the big challenge here. And so it's going to take a lot of thought and a lot of very specific thinking. So let's yeah. go. When I, well, when I first went into this thinking this, I also want to make sure that I think logically for a business like forget about like you know the real you know the easy answer is just give away free stuff to everybody and it makes everybody happy well that doesn't hit the bottom line very well for a corporation they don't want to say like just give free stuff away and you know what about that you know obviously we've learned they don't want to give free stuff they want to take away the free stuff so in my mind i've been thinking first as a corporation that means not just freebies but what can we do that would spark the magic but not cost money um and then also here's the other thing mike right before i give you i give you the ball is we have to do things that make people feel the magic but don't alienate and upset other guests in that moment so what do you think mike any thoughts i i i I think you're you're right on the ball with that chris i think the other thing that we always need to keep in mind is that we want Disneyland, Disneyland Paris, we want all the Disney resorts to stay in business. We want them to uh, survive. We want them to make money. But at the same time, we want them to be able to give us what we want at a reasonable cost. So uh, again, there's that fine line and there's that challenge again that we want them to operate, like you said, as a business and we have to recognize and respect that. But at the same time, they need to do whatever they can to get customers coming back over and over again um as a general rule michelle i'm gonna say like the overarching thing is stop nickel and diming guests like stop trying to like find reasons to you know make people pay for random things um 
these events or these things should probably be random and unexpected, right? I mean, sort of like that's the idea of magic. Like things just happen magically. Mm -hmm. So maybe do you have like a first idea of something that you would say generally what would make people feel the magic when they go back to Disney? This is probably going to be unexpected, but this is the first thing that came to my mind. Pay the cast members a living wage. That would be the first thing. I oh, think true. I think until you change the foundation of of the way that the place is run. So it is going to cost them more money, but I think um, pay, paying all cast members a, a living wage will just show so much respect. And I want to I want to be at a company that treats people like that. So that would be my first overarching thing. I think that that helps. It doesn't it may cost some money, but it it, well, it, uh, it loyalty will happen. And I was going to um, say you're right in that sense it's going to cost money up front but it's going to save money in the long run because you're going to have employees that are going to hang out a long time and those cast members do such a better job in dealing with guests when they've been there for a long time they know the ins and outs they're helpful they can go beyond just uh i don't know let me get my supervisor to see what's going on here and like that quick turnover you know one of the joys about the disney parks is that you've got cast members that are long time uh members and that you get to see trip after trip after trip and i find that magical to go back and see that that person at the bar you know the bartender that you've always had or the waiter or waitress at another place or the person the cast member that you happen to catch in security so yeah I people agree. should be able to make their careers there if they I think, want yeah, to think yeah. long term not short term mm -hmm. mike i think that's a great idea michelle um i can think about many many instances uh in which I saw cast members doing something very special. And I always think, gee, they probably aren't being paid enough for all they do. But to get to Michelle's point about paying them, if you pay them, they'll feel better about the, themselves. They'll maybe even do more than, than, they, than they have. Um, I think that when you think about it, Companies invest in their employees. And if you invest really well in the cast members and they're happier about what they're doing and they treat the guests even more than they have in the past, not that they, they don't now, you want to come back because you're being treated special. You're being treated like a very VIP person. And I know that the first and second times I visited a Walt Disney uh, theme park, um, I was impressed by the cast members. I was impressed by how they cared about everyone. And if the company cares about them, that will translate into more business. And the argument that can be made against it is that, well, Disney doesn't need that because people are swarming anyways, but, but you've got to have happy employees. You really do. That's a great idea, Michelle. Mike, do you have any, uh, any, other? give me one of your list now. <laughs> so, uh, I think that going back to what you said, Michelle, uh, Chris, I'm getting, I'm tough with names today. Michelle, Chris. It's a business and you don't want them to go under. You don't, you want them to continue to offer the services and the products. Over the years, they've given us a lot of complimentary things. One is Magical Express. They took it away. And I really think that it might've been better if they said, expenses for this program have been running high uh, the cost of fuel is high uh, we need to do whatever we can to offer this 
service for you going back and forth from the um, from the airport for those guests who cannot drive or do not want to drive. So I think that if they had said, we're going to start uh, charging guests for um, the use of the Magical Express, I think it would have been accepted. I think it would have been fine. Uh, I think that what they have to do is they have to figure out what their program costs and they need to cover their costs and maybe make a little, uh, uh, a little profit perhaps, but maybe charging. And I don't know what, what an Uber or what you would know better than, than us, Chris, how much a town car costs to be taken from the airport to your resort. Yeah. Is it 50? Is it? So, uh, we usually get a, uh, um, an SUV, right? Because we've got the kids, we got luggage. We're usually coming for a couple of weeks. That one right. usually goes somewhere in the neck of the woods, like one seventy plus tip. So it's well, expensive. It's it's not it's not easy. Um, the town car is like one ten, one twenty, uh, and then obviously mm -hmm. the limos are like two hundred and something or other. But um, I, I think it's a valuable service, and and I would I would say if if Disney came up with something like twenty five dollars per person round trip to continue using magical express i really think that many guests would say that's fine i i think michelle about messiah and when we talked with her and she said there's no magical express anymore so that that hurts me an international guest there are a lot of international guests who don't want to drive and i don't want them to drive down there um i think that uh something along the line of charging for magical express a nominal fee i think it helps the resort and i think it would help the guests so that would be my first suggestion what about you Very chris cool. yeah no um a lot of when i thought of this idea i still go back to the year of a million dreams i thought they really did it right in terms of that there's a lot of stuff so i went back and i found the list of what they offered at that time and i kind of went through it a lot of the stuff it's like you know you get a free vacation to to you know hawaii or something like i'm not i think that's way beyond what this should be um but i was thinking of little things um I, the first one i'm going to tell you about is um sort of like getting the guests excited for their trip um i would love to see disney send out like little tiny gift bags a week before a vacation, providing like sunscreen or a portable charger, maybe a couple little snacks with the Mickey's on it or something like that. Little bit of pixie dust that they can send out to guests to get them excited for their trip. Like unexpected, here's a little something. We're excited, we can't wait to have you. And then on the flip side, like a month after or something like that, another little package, like a maybe, maybe just a, a printout of um, one of their pictures from their trips uh, saying, hey, we really miss you. We hope we'll see you again soon. Just something that is a little extra that makes the guests miss it and also excited to be coming down to the to the parks. I just oh. checked off two of mine. Uh, oh, sorry. Million, no, Year of a Million Dreams was, it was absolutely on my list because that right. was, honestly, we got several lanyards with pins and things like that. But just seeing not just seeing the cast members pop out of you know behind a bush but also seeing the joy that they got out of it oh yeah i think i think it was really fun and also another to go along the same lines another thing in my head was um you know when you were getting the magic band sent to you and you got to choose them and they would arrive as part mm -hmm. of your vacation package that was a little like oh we can't wait to see yeah. you type of moment so 
I love that idea. You mean the ones that you pay for now? Yeah, the ones that you pay for now. Yeah. Can I go? Should I go to my next one? I'm yeah. going to go back to cast members here again. Okay. So um, I think one of the things that I've noticed or I, I hear about from cast member friends and I have noticed um, is that they don't Disney does not do the level of training that they used to do bef before. It used to be a whole week called traditions. Is that right, Mike? Two weeks, two yeah. weeks called traditions. And it was really like, what's the philosophy of this company? How do we see cast members? How do we do this? How do we do that? So it's sort of enculturing people to what it means to be a Disney cast member. And I think it's very short now, maybe one day. And I think that, again, investing that time in training people would be time well spent. And I think it would enhance everybody's experience. It would make the cast members more prepared. And it would also uh, trickle down the line to the, the guest experience. Very true. Yay, nay? Yeah, I, look, anything yeah. to keep them happy and also passing on that joy and that love of Disney to the guests always makes things special. Mike? You, uh, 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 Michelle mentioned magic bands and that was on my list. I'll just pass over real quickly because I think you said enough about it, but I, I really think that the magic bands did a lot to uh, get people excited, especially the children. And uh, it really, um, it hit me that you know, it was it was too bad that they stopped giving them out complimentary. But um, I do think that maybe there could be a certain status that would allow you to get complimentary magic bands. If you're staying on the property or if you're an annual pass holder, maybe you get a free uh, band every year or two. But I would like that to to be something that they would consider. I wanted to mention something in general that made a big impression upon me the first five years that I visited Walt Disney World. And that was that regardless of what park I was in, uh, the Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, well before Animal Kingdom, it was always nice. And, and an, I would call it an unexpected pleasure to have all of a sudden popping up in front of me some kind of spontaneous entertainment. Um, it would be things like um, in, the, uh, in the Magic Kingdom, the All-American College Band, it was awesome dapper dance of course is still around in epcot it was uh, a lot of stuff around the world showcase there were musicians walking around and i've talked with them many times and they loved 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 their um uh their their jobs there was the living statues i have a picture of myself in a living statue if i find it chris i'll send it to you there was the the person in the bubble that year uh, all kinds of of entertainment. Then you've got Hollywood Studios. The, the you've got well the Jamitas. Let's go back to Epcot. The Jamitas. Then you get the Tuba Fours. You've got all kinds of stuff. And you had, of course, um, uh, uh, what was that called? The uh, uh, the the performers in uh, Hollywood Studios. I forget what they were called. Mulch Citizens of Citizens of Hollywood, Streetmosphere, and Mulch Sweat and and, cheer, and Tears. Cheers. Chris, Cheers, whatever, Chris. I really, really miss that. And, and you know, and, and there are so many talented performers down there that I really, really think it would be uh, a win-win situation for so many people if they brought back the spontaneous entertainment. God, you're stealing all of our, like me and Michelle just keep wiping like lines off of our, our list. I will say I did, I, I agree. I had a, the Streetsmosphere people, but I also had, there was like, you know, they would prompt like I remember going to Great Britain a couple of times and they would break out in some kind of comedy Shakespeare bit. 
Oh, and they would right. engage yeah. like the 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 the, the uh, yes. guests, um, and it was so much fun to see because people would just stop. Like nobody was racing to an attraction; they were enjoying the moment at the park. And I think, as an overarching thing, I think that's what you want. You want your guests enjoying the parks as a whole, not racing from attraction to attraction. And I think those streetsmosphere people are definitely uh, the, the the ones that can make that happen. So. Um, am I up or you go up, Michelle? You're up and then me. Okay, let's see. Um, I've got a whole bunch of different ones here. Oh, so here's a, a one. I know they've stopped giving out any new annual passes, but I've always felt like the annual pass holders are the ones that retain the magic the most. They're the ones who are always, even the D, you know the DVC people, they are the ones who are always preaching the gospel of Disney. Sorry, Michelle, you, you can have another one, but here's my here's my thing. I say every year, one random AP holder gets a free year at Club 33. Oh, I love that. Because I love that. Let me tell you, somebody gets that, they will preaching, they will preach the gospel of Disney forevermore, right? I mean, you always want to bring the, the guests back. And the, like, we are the biggest cheerleaders, the annual pass holders, the DBC members. Those are the people that you want on your team to help share the magic. So that was my next one. I like it. I love that idea. Uh, and I had annual pass, you know, increase the benefits for annual pass holders on my list too. All right. I'm going to, I'm going to, mine's not as exciting as, as that one, but um, it's along the lines of technology. Uh, the first, I'm going to do a two for here. The first thing I would do is to remove the reservation system um, because I think that took away a lot of the magic. And also, so if you have to have some sort of a system where there's a lightning lane because of the crowds, make it something that you can plan ahead of time before you start your vacation so that people's vacations are not spent on their phones. Again, I'm struck by my physical therapist telling me her husband was booking the next lightning lane as they were literally dropping in the Tower of Terror because they didn't want to miss the window. And, and they got off and said, this isn't magical. So um, remove the reservation system. I want to be able to, to go and meet my friends in Epcot or wherever I want to go. I, I want to get up and say, you know, today's sort of a Magic Kingdom feeling day, but oh, you know, we don't have to have a reservation. And also uh, let us plan ahead of time for any of the attractions that we want to go. If we want to, as a family of four, if we want to put the seven days in front of us and make out a map um, and we want to say, these are the things that we want to go to, even if we have to pay for them, let's not have it all the day of so that we can just enjoy our vacation and say, you know, we're, we're going to Splash Mountain at 12 o'clock. We're going to Space Mountain at, at two o'clock. Fellows, thoughts? Uh, it's funny that you say that, Michelle, because on the heels of your points that you just made, uh, my next discussion is a little bit of a dead horse, but it's uh, going back to uh, the, the Lightning Lane uh, Genie Plus issue. I remember that when the first time I heard of uh, FastPass, I immediately thought, wow, that's great because people can have much more flexibility with their time. But at the same time, I also realized, I think I talked with Jim Hill about this. I said, you know, uh, think about this. It's a very much of a win-win situation because Disney doesn't want you wasting an hour standing in line. They want you spending money, buying a, you know, a $10 bottle of water, buying a Dole Whip, uh, going into a store and buying merchandise. Uh, your your credit card is idle. And so I, I really think uh, this is sort of like what I think the Magic Squad would, ha would have a, a very tough time figuring out. Can they somehow bring back uh, 
uh, some type of a program whereby we don't have what we have now. You just said, Michelle, people try and really stressing out on when I can make, make the next lightning lane. We have long queue lines. I really think that next year at this time, we'll be talking about some kind of a tweak that happens with Disney Genie and Genie Plus. But if I was going to suggest something, I really think that they should tweak it so that um, we can achieve a balance in the standby lines and the lightning lane lines, making making it uh, available for someone to pay maybe an extra $100 per person with their day ticket to give them access to every attraction to the front of the line once. I think that would solve a lot of problems. I think it would be uh, something that a lot of people would welcome because it gives you a little bit of what is missing these days, and that is spontaneity. So. Yeah, I think totally. I think Michelle's also idea about getting rid of the park reservation system would be great. I I really I have very little faith that that would ever go away though. Chris, yeah, it's it's tough. I mean, that's the big thing, right? It's the spontaneity. It's staring at your your phones all day. That that's the problem. Um, yeah. So I I I tended to think about things that people want or need or maybe would make them feel better. Um, I'm trying to, you know, I'm trying to I have a bunch that happen in all parks, but I want to save it for the parks, not specific parks, but I'm, but I'm going to, so I'm going to go to dining. Um, I would like to see them rant again. Everything has to be random, but randomly, maybe they have a random generator about guests or whatever. Um, but a family at dinner, when it's time for the bill to show up, instead, the, instead of the check, they get basically, you open it up and it says, dinners on mickey you know or mickey signs it and just says dinners on me tonight you know thanks for coming or something like that again you know you do that once in a while it doesn't have to be this big thing where you know and it doesn't have to be a big giant like parade that walks through the you know the the restaurant it's just like hey and those people will tell their friends and they will tell their friends like that's the thing with the busy magic is that you have to get it to the point where people are telling other people that's what becomes magical as a company you want that that kind of going out to other people like, oh, my God, these great things keep happening at the parks. You've got to go instead of, oh, my God, I spent too much money and I, all I did was wait on lines. Right. So um, once in a while, like a little freebie doesn't have to cost a lot. I mean, think about it. A meal is what, you know, a meal for four is one hundred and twenty bucks at a nice restaurant or something like that. I think that's, you know, we'll come back later. I I like that idea, Chris. I would like to just add a little, a little bit more to, to your idea. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the bill would be brought, uh, that message would be brought to the table by a character. I was thinking that too, but yeah. my fear was that everybody, like the thing I said earlier, every other person at the restaurant would get pissed. Like, oh, why You're do they get it? And say, Mickey, Mickey, come here. Uh, Mickey. Yeah. That, that, you have to do these things in a way that doesn't, you know, make the other guests feel like it's not magical, right? I mean, that's that's the only reason I would not have the character. The only that's actually why I didn't write it. I thought about it, but you know, the fear is that. But all right, Michelle, give us another one. All right. So the next one is uh, I remember Chris a long time ago when our boys were younger that we were at the Magic Kingdom with you and your family till like three a.m. That was awesome mm -hmm. in the summer. The kids yes. thought it was just amazing. I would love to have those really early and really late nights at all the different parks. 
um, again, to, you know, to have the summer hours where you can, you can stay up late or maybe even all night if you want to. I was going to say, do the 24 uh, hour thing again. Yeah. I, I thought that was just really, really fun. And I just, you know, I, I, it was just really, um, the temperature was great. We could sort of, you know, walk onto rides or not. The kids were thrilled, uh, you know, and get burning out their energy. And I would love to see more of that, especially during the summer months. Yeah, definitely. Love that one. Mike, um, as he well, ponders. Le- well, I was very fortunate in that I attended the uh, the very first One More Disney Day, and that was a 24-hour um, access day to the Magic Kingdom. And despite what you say, Michelle, it was tough to get on attractions. Even at 3 o'clock in the morning, people just, you know, took that along. Um, I know I'm not supposed to complain, um, but <laughs> but but having said that, I think it would be fine. I think it would be fine. I think uh, I think I'd like to try it. It, it may be uh, something that should be done at every park. Um, so I I, I I approve that. I, I approve <laughs> oh, that. Approved. <laughs> um, I I think that this is this is sort of parks, but it's in general. I think we need to have nighttime parades in every park. I really think it adds to the magic. I love to see the faces of the children as they see parades or go by them at night with all the lights and music and splendor and, and characters. I think it's a, it's a very general thing. I think every park should have it. Maybe the exception would be the Animal Kingdom Park, but I really would like to see that. And that probably falls under the heading of bolstering entertainment. But I really think that when, when someone talks about going to a Disney a destination they think parades attractions they think characters and they think fireworks and i think those mm. components need to be there they need to return definitely okay all right why don't we do one last round for each of us we'll each do one last one for this one and then next week we'll talk about the parks and um so mine uh my last one of the day is um i was thinking about the parking lots and how there's the tram system and there hasn't been a tram tram system for a while in certain cases. Um, I would love to see a couple of, um, of those large golf carts zipping around out in the parking lots and going out to the far end and picking up random guests and bringing them right to the front of the park, avoiding the tram system, just maybe even having, like you said, a character on it with them. Like, you know, Goofy's pretending to drive or you got a driver with me and they hop on and they, bring them to the front of the park and it, their, their magical day starts early, right? They, I know I, you've been there where you've been the back of the park and uh, back of the parking lots. And you're just like, uh, we're going to have to trudge to the tram. We're going to have to wait for that thing. It finally shows up and then we have to stop five times and then we have to get to the front. And then everybody piles out. You've got random people getting just picked up and brought. I thought it might be a nice way to make people feel happy. So. You're good at the little magical moments. I like that. I'm Mine are more practical. Right. We all think our own ways, right? Yeah. I'm, I have a little one I want to slip in, but then my bigger one. Okay. The the little one is I would love to, I think as I've gotten older, uh, well, let me just back it up. When we used to go to Disney parks with my mom, um, she we would go on an attraction and she would wait outside with one of my younger, you know, my youngest. And well, we'd go on Space Mountain or something like that. 
And I would say, oh, thank you so much. And she would say, are you kidding? I love people watching here. I love just to, to watch people. And I think I've always remembered that. I've sort of turned into that woman now. And I would love to have more places to sit in the parks. Sometimes it's very hard just to find a place just to sit and get off your feet and people watch in the shade. So yeah, that's, yeah. that's a little one. But my bigger one is I would love to bring back more parades at all, all the different parks because the parades have gone and they were, you know, each park had their own little, little take on what the parade was, but um, I miss the parades in Epcot and in Animal Kingdom and the cavalcades are cute, but not quite the same thing. I'm not a huge parade person, but I think it's a nice way for people to stop in the middle of the day and, and uh, get excited. So. Yeah. Parades are the thing. Michael, would you like more places to sit? Uh, would you like more places to sit? <laughs> yes, I would. He always um, does. I, I think that my, my last one is um, going back to Michelle's original point about paying the uh, paying the cast members more. But uh, even to add to that, I would like to empower them. And by that, I would like to give um, cast members, certain cast members in certain roles, the ability to grant one magical wish per day. Mm -hmm. They can do this to any cast member they any any cast member any guest they want, and this could be in the form of we give you a golden a golden lightning lane pass for you and your family, or I give you a special coupon that's good for a free Dole Whip, or I give you uh, something that's good for uh, some certain piece of merchandise, maybe mouse ears or whatever. But I do remember that in the year of a gold, in the year of the golden dream, I remember million million, million dreams. dreams. I was actually at Soho for that announcement, and I remember talking to cast members there, and they were so excited because they could make a guest's experience that much special. And during the course of the year of a gold, year of a gold, year of million, million. dreams, million. Million dreams. Million golden dreams. <laughs> Lots of my cast member friends were just so excited. I can do. I can. I can. I'm going to be able to give a dream today. I'm going to. I really think that that would be something special. Why not do it during the 50th anniversary? Uh, yeah. And this could be. This could be someone like uh, a little girl goes up to Belle for a um, a meet and greet, and Belle turns around and gives her a coupon, good for a Dole Whip, or. Um, you're in a uh, like to get to yours, Chris. You're in uh, Norway where you can have a meal with the princesses, and Snow White comes over and says, "Just want you to know, I am paying for your dinner." I really think that empowering the cast members. I know that if I was a cast member and I had the ability every day when I go to work to make someone's day special, memorable, to want them to make them want to come back, that would be special. I think this would be. Probably the, the number one thing, if I had to choose any of these magical things, this is the one I would choose. Yeah, that was on my list. I was going to save it for the parks themselves, but I think it's definitely the thing is a year of a million golden shower dreams. Uh, <laughs> Edit. Uh, no, I want to keep that in. I just wanted it. That's why I said um, they. Uh... Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Uh I, I definitely think it was a lot, you know, they would give out lanyards or, or, or um, yeah, stickers. Yeah. Like they all had stickers. They would just like dopey things. They give out buttons. They give out pins. Um, you know, we went to Casey's and we ordered a hot dog and they just threw in some Cracker Jack just because, or, you know, you 
you know, you going by in, in Star Wars and they give you a free pass for, you know, another ride, whatever it may be. I think definitely empowering the cast members to give out additional things. Of course, they have to limit it and they have to make sure that it's not being abused because as a corporation, they might lose their shirt, right. you know, and make sure the cast members are doing it right because you don't want like them giving out to their friends when their friends show up to the park or, you know, it's like, oh, there's Bob. I'm going to give Bob his the magic thing. So, um, but these are all great ideas. Uh, next week, we're going to do the theme parks. Do you want to do it by park itself or just what specifically in the park you want to see happen? To do it, we start with um, two parks. or We'll start with one park and see how far we get and then okay. go to another park. Okay. Does that sound good? Because I have a, lot, I like a few it. that work generally for parks, but um, I can tailor it specifically. But, Good. Uh, All right. We're on our way to fixing things. Yeah. And if you want to join us and help us, if you're sitting on the side here trying to come up with your own magical ideas at home, please uh, reach out to us on Twitter at Mickey Miles Pod and let us know what you would do. But for now, that's going to wrap up this episode of Mickey Miles and More with Dr. Michelle Scribner McLean, the Dean of Disney Mike Scopa. I'm Chris Eliopoulos, and we'll see you on the road and in the parks. We hope you enjoyed listening to today's episode of the Mickey Miles and More podcast. For all of us here at the Mickey Miles and More podcast, this is Rick Gray saying thanks for listening and all your support. And until next time, we'll see you on the road.